All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Flutie Flakes cast. I'm Doug Flutie. Thanks for joining me. And what a wild weekend of playoff games. Really, over the recent years, I've kind of lost a little interest in watching a ton of football. I'll tell you what, this brings you roaring back. It's just what you what it always felt like to watch exciting games and the you know, everything is on the line. Last second, you know, the game's over. No, it isn't. And I'll tell you, it, it more than any, my one takeaway is or was the quarterback play was absolutely amazing overall. That that guys made plays when they had them. Now I always think from an offensive perspective. So I'm sure there's some defense coordinators that are just so ticked off and scratching their heads that they allowed this to happen or that to happen. But to see guys make plays in clutch situations, I, I guess as a former player, I, I feel for the guy that's on a foul line and misses the foul shot at the end of the game or the guy that drops the important pass or fumbles the ball in, the, in a crucial situation. So I want to see guys perform in those situations and, and put their best foot forward. You know, Tom Brady had a pass rush in his face all day, something I was concerned about for them. And sure enough, the Rams got after him and he still found a way late with, with turnovers and things from his defense. I mean, they did not have a great offensive day by any stretch and especially by Tom measures, but they find a way to battle back in it, get into the game and then flip it over, turn around and uh, Stafford hits the big post route to set up the game winning field goal. But there, the scenario, you know, everybody is going to be yelling about how Buffalo played the last few plays. When you look at Tampa Bay playing the last few plays, they decided all out blitz, cover zero, which shocked me, first of all. The only other time I remember that was when the Rams Patriots uh, Super Bowl game, the Patriots were on defense, had their back against the wall a little bit. The Rams are being aggressive. And, and Bill Belichick just said, screw it. Let's blitz them now. We're either going to get off the field or they're going to score a touchdown now and we'll have time to come back. Sure enough, they hit the touchdown. Patriots come back the length of the field and kick the field goal to win it. So I, I, I don't know about that mentality in that situation. That was, that was the questionable defensive call of the week for me was to go blitz zero more so than the prevent stuff that happened to Buffalo. The blitz zero and allowing the big post over the top just shocked me. Uh, let's flip over to what I thought was just maybe the most exciting football game I've ever watched. Um, the Bills playing the Chiefs. I'm sure there have been some great ones over the years that I forget. Amazing. And I rave about Josh Allen all year. I love the way he runs the football, his toughness. This was a game that from the beginning – they leaned on him. He knew this is playoff football. I'm not worried about injury. I'm lowering my shoulder. I'm getting every extra yard. I'm doing whatever it takes to win this game. And, and he did it. He had fourth down calls that he converted on that. I, I talk about this one. And the pass route of the day for Buffalo is called double post. You got two guys to one side of the field. The inside guy is running a post at the free safety. Your job is to occupy him, maybe cut across his face just a little. The outside receiver then widens his defensive back, does a double move, and goes to the post and creates some separation. So there's room from the free safety to that far side corner to stick in a downfield throw. Uh, they hit it twice over the top for a touchdown, and they hit it uh, for what should have been the game winner, and the DB falls down. Whether he falls down or not, even if he's in halfway decent coverage, there is a shot to put that ball in there. And Josh Allen just – turned it loose in every crucial situation. He extended plays. He ran with his legs. He did the things it takes to win. 
And with 13 seconds, you've got to believe you've won the football game. And they sell it. You can't quite celebrate. I had a similar, like what would be an NFC champ. It was our championship game. It was our Western final. And we scored with maybe 15 seconds left, kicked the extra point to take the lead. And I was really, really nervous about their kick returner. And their kick returner tried to zigzag and run all over the field to make it happen. And he ran the whole clock out on the kickoff return and never got past the 30-yard line. It's never over till it's over. Do you kick that ball off? Do you squib it? So say they squib it and somebody halfway down the field scoops it and just runs for it and they're out to the 40, 45-yard line and there's eight to 10 seconds left. They get one more play and maybe a chance and then everyone's complaining. I don't second guess the way the Bills handled that situation. I don't second guess kicking it through the end zone because the athletes on Kansas City, whether it's a Tyree Kill or Hardman, uh, those guys, you saw what Tyree Kill can do with the ball in his hands. You, you know that they've got those kind of athletes that are tough to tackle in space. I would kick that through. I'd say you're better off handling it with your defense in 13 seconds than you are covering a special team's play with 13 seconds. And I think it was brilliant, the two play calls, the, the quick hit screen. Now, I thought whether you're – I knew you know you're going to play some form of prevent and soft. I thought even the last play might be a wide receiver screen to Tyree Kill and see what he can do. They managed to hit that seam route. After, the, after a wide receiver screen hit the seam route and uh, everything was just vertical up the field when you're playing soft, I mean, the throws are so much easier than they would have been in a regular tight coverage. And that's, that's my point. My point is no matter what the situation, you, whatever the coverage call is, play the coverage. Play it tough. Bang the tight end, bang the slot receiver, run with guys up the seam. Uh, the top end can still be a little bit soft, but um, you have to play the coverage and, to, and not so much the situation uh, because both ways, whether it was all out blitz and man to man coverage, a post was hit that won a game, whether it's soft prevent zone, seam routes are hit, and Kansas City wins the game. All that being said, Patrick Mahomes, phenomenal. Uh, Patrick Mahomes early in the year, a lot of people question him. I thought he was still banged up. I still thought early in the year he wasn't running and moving the way he was moving the other day. The other day he was as athletic as I've ever seen him making all the throws with the arm angles and everything else, like a shortstop. He learned, he, he changed his game throughout the year. They the team started playing him soft zone team started backing off and seeing that say we're going to play two deep high. We're going to make him run the ball a little bit and make him throw 15 play drives together to score and win. Can he do that? Initially, through some interceptions, had turnovers and slowly adjusted and uh, became a, a, a whole nother quarterback by being efficient, short passing game, taking what the defense gives him. And then in the playoffs, still using his athleticism to buy time, move around. He was leading rusher on the team, taking off all that stuff. Uh, just amazing. And uh, I believe this is four straight years now to a conference championship game. And it's just very, very impressive. And that's what happens in the NFL. What happens in the NFL is they start to take away the things that you do well, and you have to learn to adjust. And those are the great ones. The great ones stay consistent over the years because they continuously make adjustments and find ways to win. And that was just a phenomenal game. And Patrick Mahomes was absolutely phenomenal. Um, the other aspect of the weekend and things that have happened since you look at uh, Tom Brady, his career, the comments he made this week about family decisions. Uh, it's not always doing about what you want to do, but what the family, what is best for the family. 
And uh, Giselle over the years has made comments about concussions and Tom, I'll tell you this about Tom Brady. He gets banged up just like every other quarterback. I, I only spent one year with him. He was banged up all year long. He had an elbow issue. He had a few other little issues that never talked about in the media because he does not want people to know about it. He doesn't want to make an excuse and he plays through it. And at 44 years old to be on that field every week, I mean, you know, there's young guys. I mean, Dak had his calf thing going on earlier in the year. Guys get banged up. I, I thought Mahomes wasn't hundred percent early in the year. It's, it's phenomenal the way he stays healthy and ma- or manages to play every week, play in and play out. All that being said, he, he did make a comment that sort of leaves the door open to retirement. He's 44. Uh, he'll be 45 in August. Led the league in yards, led the league in touchdowns. He was Tom Brady again. And it just, I'd love to see him walk away. It was a phenomenal season. Um, I wanted to see him walk away after winning the Super Bowl, but then to turn around and have another year like he had, all the power to him. And he could probably do it again. He probably could. The question with a lot of guys is, what am I going to do that's going to be so fulfilling after football? You've done this since you were 10 years old, eight years old, peewee football. Every fall, this is what you do. And there's this fear of having, it's not about money, obviously, especially with that family. It's about fulfillment and what fulfills you. And I think the bottom line here for Tom is he wants to be there for his wife. He wants to be there for his kids. That was something I saw in Drew Brees. Um, Drew's kids are at an age where they're playing ball right now, and you want to be there and see him. And he took the job with NBC, and, and he's going to be working a lot in the fall. That is a very important part of life. And I think Tom is, is kind of evaluating all that right now. And I just hope he waits before making a retirement decision. You wait a couple of months. Let that play out. Let the season get behind you because everybody wants to retire the day after a season because it's, it's just so taxing and you get spent and burnt out. Um, so take your time. Make that decision. Whatever Tom makes, uh, he's still the greatest of all time no matter what. Uh, the other guy that's in that category and has been talked about is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, uh, frustrating day, 10 points on the board. Uh, still, San Francisco was never going to stick the ball in the end zone the way they were playing. It, I, Jimmy Garoppolo making it to a conference championship game. I like Jimmy, too, but not the quarterback play that was seen in all the other games uh, in that game. And they were not going to score. And it took a special teams play of blocking a field goal and then blocking the punt. And accru- the, the only way they were going to score is block the punt and run it in. And sure enough, they do it. So it was pretty phenomenal to see another great finish, an unbelievable game. And then it throws the question marks that everybody says Aaron Rodgers struggles in the playoffs and all. He's he still got a quarterback rating of over 100 throughout his playoff career. A lot of yards per game, a lot of everything. And the numbers look great. Um, they're not quite what his regular season numbers are. And again, in a cold weather game, only 10 points on the board. Yes, it's a frustrating day. I will never question his abilities and the things that he has done over the years. Uh, only one Super Bowl championship, but he has been you know, phenomenal over the years and very consistent. But he's going to make the, you know, he's got his decisions to make as well. I'm sure it's very disappointing. Uh, for the Green Bay fans and for him to not be able to light up the scoreboard. And and I think a lot of that comes down to those conditions you're playing in and how you handle a football game. And you realize your defense is shutting down San Francisco 
and you you don't have to take risks and you don't have to take chances. The one thing I will say, you know, and, and I was this way, especially in playoff games, I want to throw a wide receiver screen. I want to get my guys involved. I want to throw the safe passes, get some rhythm going and turn it loose. Tom Brady, he'll come out and throw a deep comeback to the wide side of the field where the ball's in the air for 40 yards on the first play of the game. He doesn't care. And, and that mentality uh, you can't be cautious come playoff time. You've got to still be aggressive, but somehow protect the football. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, we're only putting 10 points on the board and not being able to do it. It's going to be very interesting to see that scenario play out for Aaron Rodgers. Joe Burrows had a, another phenomenal game, made some clutch throws, red zone throws that are just tight windows. But I'll talk about Joe later because my guest coming up will be Icky Woods. Uh, the Icky Shuffle was rejuvenated this year. Icky hanging out with the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, looking forward to talking to Icky, a guy from my year. Uh, and remember, you can get the Flutie Flakes podcast on Apple, Pandora, and Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to rate and review. Coming up, Icky Woods. All right, I want to welcome my guest, Icky Woods. Uh, boy, a guy from my era that I just love watching play, a lot of fun. And I, I guess maybe other than Billy White Shoes back in the era, you know, and then uh, back in the day with, with White Shoes was the Icky Shuffle. And Icky just is a, a guy that the fans adore in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got it rolling again. It's fun to be a Bengal and a Bengal alumni. What's been happening? Oh, man, it's been it's, it's, it's been a ride, man, Doug. It's been a ride. It ain't over with, you know. Uh, so, but that, I'll tell you what, Doug, that that damn, that damn divisional game with them, them, uh, them Bills played and them, them Chiefs, man, that that was unbelievable, man. That, My I mean, God. You make every play you have to to win yeah. the game, right? Yeah, every play it's... you have to to win the game. The one little mistake I can say they made is the kicking the ball in the end zone on that last kickoff. Maybe they should have kicked it in play and let the guy catch it and run a few seconds off the clock. But, you know, that hindsight is twenty twenty, Doug, as you know. Mm. But, man, it was a, that was a hell of a game, man. That was a hell of a game. Offensively, you got 13 seconds. What are you thinking on that? What would you, what would your play call? You know, but going in, I thought the play calls were absolutely amazing. What would they you were. think? I think that I, I think the defensive play calls were, you know, giving them that much room, you know, to complete a 22 yard pass and another 23 yard pass, man, was, you know, just, just too much space, you know. And that, it does, you know, that old saying, Doug, that prefix. Prevent defense always prevents you from winning a game, you know? You know, you can have pressure and everything on them, but, but hell, all, all what, uh, 59 minutes and 50-something uh, or 47 seconds, you know? Don't change up now, and, and, you know, I don't mind you giving them a little something, but don't give them 20 yards every time they throw the ball, and then you try not to let them get out of bounds, so – just open up the middle of the field, but what you got to understand is they got three timeouts, so it don't matter. They're not trying to throw the ball out of bounds because they got three timeouts. I think it was, you know, it, it was one of those catch twenty two there, Doug. You know how they go sometimes, you know. But I, I know they're reeling about it right now. You know, the next day blues and all that, man. But but I tell you, bro, that was a hell of a game. I'm hoping the AFC Championship game be something of that nature, but I hope the Bengals come out on top. 
for sure. Have you been following the Bengals all along and have you always been a Bengals? You know, I, I watched from afar for years and wasn't really like all in. And for some reason it's starting to get rekindled for me. Maybe I took enough of a break and oh, I'm yeah. starting to love it again. Yeah, I'm Were all in always... with them, Doug. I'm all in with the Bengals, man. You know, Bengals are my, are my team. I played for them. You know, I was kind of torn with the Bengals and the Raiders because I grew up in California, so I was a big Raider fan growing up. So I was kind of torn, but the Bengals got my heart. So I went with my Bengals, man, and it's been – it's been it's been lovely ever since. And I knew when we went down to Tennessee, I knew we were gonna beat Tennessee in Tennessee. You know, and you know, they brought the king back. But Doug, you know as well as I do, you off for two months. It's hard to come back and get right back in the flow of things. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it was kind of hard for for that. But they played him well. They just they just played well on defense. You know, we got three turnovers, which were real big, you know. And, you know, they, that's what they say, Doug. Defense with championships, man. Yeah, but offense is so pretty. We offensive guys, we love we love to, to score the points, get the points wrapped up. But I tell you, man, it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a AFC championship game. man. I'm looking forward to uh, going down there and seeing my boys uh, try to do it again, man. It's been a it's been a great ride. Doug. Nobody expected us to be where we're at now. So we kind of we kind of took the NFL by storm. They knew we had some good young talent there. And Doug, as you know, man, we're, we're going to be good for the next at least ten years, man, because we got a nice core of young guys, and we're going to have to shoot up that offensive line, Doug, because you can't give up nine sacks and win against the Chiefs, man. It's just not going to happen. So you know, we we got to shoot up that offensive line somehow. Pass rush this weekend. I mean, it gave Tom Brady fits. It's it's the reason. It's I go back to when the Patriots were undefeated and playing the Giants in the Super Bowl. Pass rush wins championships because it takes the pressure off that defensive backfield to have to cover for a long time. And that you got to find a way to secure that. I've heard some comments from you about you know comparisons to boomers, leadership qualities, things like that. What yeah. do you see in Joe? What do you see in Joe? Hey, you know, Doug, he's got that it factor. And you know what I mean when I say that it factor, man. It's just it's just that un, unexplainable factor that these guys have, like a Michael Jordan had, you know, like a LeBron James have, man. It's just he's just got it, and he's got that leader quality to him too. You know, he leads the guys, and you know, just to be a second year player, Doug, that's uh that's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. So this guy is is, is willing these teams and. He's got unbelievable confidence, which you must have being that it factor type of guy, man. It's just, and we just we're loving it down here in Cincinnati, man. It's uh, probably the best pick we've ever we've ever, we've ever had, you know. And then to get uh, Jamar Chase, and then you know we got T Higgins, who was a second year guy as well. And then you throw Tyler, fourth year, fifth year guy, and Joe Mixon, who's a fifth year guy. Man, if you, you know, we get an offensive line, man, we're going to be hard to contend with for a few years, man. I'm telling you, if they can keep that, that guy, Joe Burroughs, upright against the Chiefs, man, we're going to have a, we're going to have a, a great chance to win that game. Yeah, I had a chance to meet Joe at uh, Heisman and just very impressive kid to talk to and yeah. very, very mature, very, 
uh, uh, beyond his years right, and a maturity right. level and talk. It's stuff that I did. I, when I was 22, right, right. I, I walked into an NFL locker room like, <laughs> I hope I belong. Right. Can I make a roster? Can right. I be? Can I just, I'll play special teams. I don't bit. care. I right. just, and, uh, and Joe just carried him. Shoot, he wins it out. He lights a cigar as a 21-year-old. Shoot. You know, it's fun to watch. I root for him and that relationship he does have with Chase, you know, LSU guys. And it just, it's really come through. Rekindled the Yiki Shuffle this year. Uh, yeah, man. You know, it was, um, you know, it, it was great, man, to, uh, you know, see the guys, you know, pay tribute to me, man. And, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, when we had our first game uh, at the, in the jungle, you know, they, they made me the ruler of the jungle. So I heard that everything got started, <laughs> you know, I got to get out there and hit a shuffle for them. Get the fans into it. Get the get the jungle rocking again, man. It's you know it's unbelievable, man. And then when Uzama scored his first touchdown, man, he did a tribute to me doing the Icky Shuffle, man, which was which was unbelievable, man. And you know just you know kind of warm your heart, Doug. To, you know have those guys, you know think about you in that light, man, and, and, and bring you back, man. It was it was wonderful to see, and it was even more joy to get the win, man, to get that thirty-one year monkey off our back and not winning a playoff game. I mean, that was your era that you played in those games. How, what were your memories from your, from your playoff games about, first of all, the nervousness going in or anticipation of, and then say maybe some great moments in it. Well, you know, Doug, when, when we did it, we were, we were the number one seed in the AFC. And so everybody had to come to the jungle. And, you know, that year we didn't lose a game at home. So we were real confident if we got to play at home because, you know, you got you got your fans there, Doug, and 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 you're rocking and rolling. And then, you know, just the just the atmosphere alone, you know, we knew that we you know, there was no chance nobody's going to come in here and beat us. So so it was just it was the atmosphere, man, that just that just kept us pumped up. And, you know, when you get into those situations where you need the crowd to get into it, man, and and that jungle get the rocking, bro, and then I get a chance to score a touchdown and run to the sideline and do the icky shuffle, man. It was just, you know, just had a place just rocking, man, just roaring, and it was, you know, it was great, man, you know, just to, just that, that feel of that home crowd, man. But, you know, we got to go into chaos. You got to go into Arrowhead Stadium, man. That's, going, that's a very, very tough place to play, man, but, if the guys go in there and do what they're supposed to do, man, they'll come out with the win because we, we beat Kansas City once already this year, but it was at home. So we had our home crowd. Now we got to go into their place and see if we can we can match up blow for blow in their place. Did they do the celebration rules while you were playing? Like you started doing the shuffle. I remember seeing you in the end zone. Right, right. Yeah, they, they, they by, I think about uh, the last, Maybe second to the last game of the year, they said that I couldn't do it, you know, on the field anymore. So we just took it to the sideline. Just got the the crowd more hype. But yeah, we took it to the sideline, man, and uh, and still got the crowd rocking. You know, and Jim Breach came up to me. He said, Icky, do me a favor, man. Can you wait till after I kick the PAT before you go in there and do your shuffle, man? Because it's way too loud, man. I can't not say no kick in the field, though. I said, all right, all right, big dog. I got you, man. I won't, I won't do it no more until after you kick the extra points, you know. But, man, we had so much fun. And, 
Doug, it's just so much fun just to have the city rocking again. You know, even if they go down to Kansas City and do happen to lose the game, it's been a great year, man, because nobody expected us to be where we are today anyway. Yeah, no doubt that uh, it's, you know, I I don't rule anything out, though, with, with Joe. It just, right, right, you can't. There's, there's yeah. never been – there's never been a, a stage that he's been on that was right. too big for him. That's you know, he, he right. just right. He's pulled that confidence and uh you know, Mahomes is playing well though. I mean, you watched Mahomes play this week. Oh, yeah, I did, man. He's a, yeah. I mean that uh, you know, just uh, you know, he 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 him and Joe Burrow got that what's called the it factor, man. You know, it just nothing rattles them. You know what I'm saying? When Buffalo scored a touchdown, you can see Mahomes on the sideline saying, Okay, Lions, let's go. We got to get down here. We got to do what we do. And then when Mahomes seen whatever defense they was in, him and uh, – Tyree Kill, the one, and then yeah, Kelsey, the other. In, they got in the huddle and said, hey, man, break your route off a little short because they're not giving us the outside. And as soon as it came open, man, hit him right there on the button. And, you know, another 24-yard 24 yard completion. And, hell, they got a field goal to kick. Think about it. They got three plays run in 13 seconds. In 13 two, seconds, man. They, right? They two just, plays in a field goal. Dallas can't run one in 14. Right. And but they stumble. Dallas didn't have no timeout, though. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, that was – I felt so bad. I was, I and then too, how about the yeah. spotting of the ball and the, the ref bumping into the center? Yeah. And the, the, but you know, but, but you know you the ref got to spot the ball. That's that's a given. You know what I'm saying? The, the play calling, why the hell would you run the ball when you know you only got 13 seconds left? And you and even if you get the ball spotted, you're still not going to have time to even, you know, snap the ball. It's just a bad call. In our day, they we use 17 seconds as right. the cutoff point right. to be right. able to. No now, these guys are a little quicker. They've got the routine down. They're doing it a little better. You can't factor in how fast and how slow the ref's going to be. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what happened, you know, and, and the refs are older, so it's not like they move real fast, you know what I'm saying? So you got to kind of factor that into it, and that's why we gave it 17 to 20 seconds, because you got to factor the ref into it, because he's got to get up there and spot the ball. And, you know, Doug, if he's 40, 50 years old, he's not going to be spotting the ball real fast. <laughs> 40, 50 years you old. Are, you're, you're 55. I'm 59. Right. What do you, how, how's the body holding up? How, how's it's, it's, holding up it's holding up pretty good. Doug. I get a little aches and pains here and there like mm -hmm. everybody else do. But, you know, yeah, we, we we able to get up and play with the grandbabies, man. So that's, that's oh. the important part. We just had our first grandchild a couple well, of weeks or about a month ago now. So now, how many grand how many grandchildren you have? I got eight myself. Oh my goodness. Yeah, man, I got eight. Eight my, little eight little lickies. Is, uh, you got eight little lickies running in man, the yard. <laughs> my oldest is, is 18, man. He's in California, Chino Hills playing some football. He's doing pretty good right now. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, that's sir. So much fun. So what do you have going on in your life besides grandchildren now? Well, you know, I, I run my son's foundation. You know, I lost my son uh, to asthma 10 years ago. And so I started a foundation in his name called the Javante Woods Foundation. And what we do is we go around the country raising money for asthma research and asthma education. Hopefully, if not to find a cure or find a better way to treat asthma and just to educate the people on how severe and serious asthma really is. Because I didn't think, Doug, uh, when I was coming up, I grew up with a touch of asthma, and I never thought asthma could kill until it took my baby from me. And I started doing a little research and come to find out 11 people a day die from asthma. 
and since 1980, 80% has risen in kids from the age, uh, from the age of being born to the age 19, man. It's just, it's unbelievable, man. So, so we're, uh, you know, cause everybody knows somebody who deals with asthma. So, you know, it's just a, it's a deadly disease that we got to try to get a hold of. Uh, thank you so much for all that work. I have my my foundation is for autism. You're with that. It's nice to see the guys uh, making a difference out there and helping other people. Who's going to win it all? What, what what are your predictions to to see in the Super Bowl? I would like to see, uh, as you know, my Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, they're there. They're writing their ticket. They got a pass. We got a get out of jail free card, and we got a free pass. So right. we're going to go. I got uh, I got my Bengals playing those 49ers. For that matchup, because uh, every Super Bowl that we've been in, we played the Niners and we've lost to the Niners. So I got my fingers playing the Niners, Bengals coming out on top this year. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, but they don't have Montana or Young. So, no Montana or Young. Yeah, actually, right. yeah <laughs> I, I, and looking at this weekend, I was like, Garoppolo could not stick the ball. Had, they they could not score. They were not going to score a touchdown in that game. They right. weren't going to get to the end zone. Right. And no they doubt. blocked the. They block the punt and score the touchdown with three. <laughs> right, right, hey, have right. you ever been on? Have were you ever an up back on punt team or anything like that? Man, no, I, I I didn't play a lot of special teams, so I didn't. You know, it's like it's like wow, you know, special teams won the game for them. You know, they block a punt and they they block a field goal. So yeah, so special teams actually won that game for them, man. And you know, Doug, and you know as well as I do, there's three phases to the game. And you got to at least win two of them to win the game, you know, and they won the defense and the special teams and end up winning the game because the offense really didn't didn't do a whole lot. But, you know, when, when you get when you get to that that neck, man, you got to You got to be able to win two phases of the game. I, I always say this about I put pads on for 35 years from eight years old to 43 and I still haven't hit anybody anybody <laughs> right I, I i was 175 pounds soaking wet i'd hold for field goals but i did manage to make like five tackles on blocked field goals. okay over there well little fella you said they getting it done bro you should love what you run around do your thing baby i tell you <laughs> thank you i think you know what we had you guys the year you went to the, i don't yeah, know if you guys you went to beat us man damn it in you new england we went to first loss, man i remember that Man, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we came in there to your place, man, and you and we came in there six and oh, man, and you popped us, bro. Yeah, I do. I remember uh, that one. Yes, sir. Were you a, was a Stanley Wilson or a running back? Stanley Wilson was the yep, Stanley. Okay. Wilson he was, was a back. back. Yep. Preseason, I'm returning punts for New England. Okay. <laughs> and in a preseason game, I ran towards your bench and I stepped out of bounds looking in, you know, just kind of ran out of Stanley Wilson was on the sideline, took a forearm and whacks me in the head, <laughs> knocks me on my ass. <laughs> That's Stanley. That's Stanley. <laughs> uh, half hour bench. All I know, do you remember Michael? Mike Ruth was an Outland Trophy winner, big guy. Anyway, he was a nose guard, right? Mike played with me at BC. He was on our sideline, and I mean, Stanley whacks me in the head, and I'm on the de- on the ground, and I jump up to like, you know, what am I? 120 pounds. I'm going to get in his face, right? So I get up like I'm going to go at him, and the next thing I know. Ruth was on our bench, came across the field, and next thing up, my feet are off the ground in his arms. He's picking me up, and I'm kicking and screaming like a little kid, the baby. Uh, geez. Yeah, hey, hey, 
Hey, now, you know, back then we could get away with a little bit, but nowadays, boy, you can't, you can't do nothing, man. They got cameras and microphones everywhere. You can't get away with anything. They'll come back and find guys for something they said on the sideline three days later. It's like, come on. I'll let you run, Nick, but it's so much fun talking with you. Hey, uh, enjoy it. Talking to you too, man. I appreciate you, man. Give a shout out to my foundation, man. Most definitely. Oh, fantastic. And uh, so much fun. I'm, I'm happy you're, you're so connected right now with the Bengals and good luck to Joe and the guys. And Hey, man, we appreciate you, that, brother. Hope you get it done. Wish all you all right, the best. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. All right. Well, I want to thank my guest, Icky Woods. Icky, obviously, we were the same uh, generation playing in the NFL and, and bumped heads a few times. And I just loved watching. It's so much fun. And and I really didn't ask him exactly why. But yeah, there were certain guys. I always handed the football to the official or just dropped it on the ground and, and kind of I think I did spike the ball like twice in my career. I was always about next play. OK, we scored. We're moving on. And the guys that really enjoyed the game. I was a little bit jealous of the guys that had a knack for really enjoying the game and doing their touchdown dances and, and had that feel. And, and Nikki was one of those guys that just made the fans smile, you know, gave us all something to get excited about. So thank him so much. I'm, I'm so grateful that he came on with us and good luck to Cincinnati Bengals. Let's move on. Go on to the Twitter question, see what's going on out there. Uh, what do we have for me, Chris? All right, Doug. This week, the first question from the IG. What is your greatest accomplishment as a professional athlete? Greatest accomplishment, what is going to be in my life, I believe, is our foundation. And Nikki and I were talking about foundations. And that's only happened because of my professional football career. So indirectly, that. If you want to talk on the field, I think as far as accomplishment, um, I'm really proud of the fact that I was able to play 21 years, that I played as long as I did. My longevity, that to me is number one. Uh, and the moment that made that happen was when I came back from the CFL playing with Buffalo and had my 98 season to go to the be comeback player of the year and go to a Pro Bowl. That was very important to me because it kind of you know legitimized my career and I kind of fulfilled what I thought I could do at that point. And I wish I, I trust me, I wish I'd been a pro bowl guy for 20 years and, and won super bowls and all that, but it kind of, um, it, it was very satisfying that year to come back to the NFL, do well, become a starter and uh, reestablish myself in the NFL. It's a strong answer. I like it. Next question is a two-parter. What is your favorite NFL moment and CFL moment? Uh, favorite NFL moment. Uh, Probably that same season. I mean, you know, there's some last second victories, all that kind of stuff. And I go back to that season and it was my first start in nine years because I'd spent eight, eight years in the CFL and we're playing Jacksonville, who was undefeated at the time. And uh, I ran the naked bootleg in and on a fourth down play to win it in the last seconds. And again, reestablished myself into the NFL. And that was the moment that came together it was a last second drive. We had less than a minute, no timeouts, went like 60, 70 yards and stuck it in the end zone. So that moment kind of solidified me as a starting quarterback in the NFL and back in the NFL. You know, the CFL moment, very similar situation. I hadn't, I was in my third year in the CFL, uh, hadn't won a championship yet. And I was in Calgary. We had a great football team. We had a nasty, nasty weather game, snow, probably sub-zero weather 
wind 35 miles an hour, all that stuff. We had to go 88 yards in the last minute of the game to win it. And uh, that drive culminated with me running a quarterback sneak, but I slipped it off tackle and went in from about the three or four yard line. And uh, we go on to win our, our great cup that year, my first championship. And that drive, that moment, that's kind of like my Joe Montana drive for me in the CFL and uh, got me my first championship. So that was, that was very important to me. Love it. The next question, did you ever almost play in the arena league? This person heard a rumor you were thinking about it after retirement. I had retired. Uh, John Bon Jovi is a very good friend, has been for years. And John owned the Philadelphia Soul in the Arena League. I'm not sure if he had quarterback injuries or what was going on, but John was always, he's a great PR guy. He knew how to, to pump stuff up. And he really wanted me, at least in uniform, on his arena team. And he, he made the push. Actually, Bob Kraft, John and I jumped on Bob Kraft's plane and flew down to, uh, to a game in Philadelphia. I sat with John and his wife and we watched the game. And Dorothea kept coming over. You're not really seriously thinking about doing this, are you? And I'm like, I'm old, Dorothea, I'm old. And you know what? I, I really thought because the size of the field, the arm strength was going to be an issue. And I mean, I, I was physically fine. The problem was I talked to Danny White, who coached one of the arena teams and uh, the former Dallas Cowboy quarterback. And Danny said, you know what? The height issue is a much bigger deal in arena ball because the field's smaller and everything's condensed and the little guys can't see. It's like really, there's no scrambling because you really can't scramble and move and get out of there and make your things happen with your legs. So it would have been, he thought, now receivers get open in that. They were all over the place. That's an up, up and down the field game. But he actually said to me that he thought height's even a bigger issue in the arena game from vision standpoint and the lack of, being able to have a quarterback scramble. So all that played into it. And I was like, I, I can't do this. This is no, I can't do it. I know how much you still love playing competitive sport, whatever it is. Do you ever regret not, uh, not taking up that opportunity? Or are you comfortable with that decision? I'm very comfortable with it. <laughs> Leave your legacy as what it is. In fact, yeah. if I did go back for anything, I felt yeah, Bob Kraft, uh, I got released by New England at the end of that season, and I had pretty much decided on retirement. Bob Kraft came to me, you know, if you want to, we'll sign you to a one-day contract, whatever. You can retire a Patriot if you'd like. And I didn't want to do that because I wanted to leave the door open potentially to maybe go back to Canada and play one more year. Just because I, that that it meant so much to me that uh, it, it rekindled my career, gave me the opportunity to, but you know, my back at that time was, was getting bad. I wound up having a back surgery about three or four years later. If I had had a back surgery that off season, I would have gone, I should have, I just put it off for too long. Um, if I had felt as healthy as I felt after I had the back surgery four or five years later, uh, I probably would have gone back for one more year in Canada just for the fun of it. Wow. What was the recovery like from that, um, that back surgery? How long did it take you to sort of get back healthy? <laughs> so the that? back surgery rehab, they, uh, I went in and had, um, there were, I had one surgeon saying they needed to put a box in there and fuse the disc and do this and do that. Another guy wanted to fuse the disc. And I'm like, went to a buddy of mine, a BC guy. And he's like, Doug, you got plenty of disc left. You're fine. If I go in there and just shave some things down and create a little space for the nerves, you'll be fine. It's probably a six month rehab. And uh, as long as you do the rehab work and continue to stretch, you don't need to fuse anything because he knew that I would keep playing and doing the things I like to do. And then what happens when you fuse a disc, 
all it does is put the pressure on the one above it. And five years later, you're fusing that one. You know, you, you're working the way up. So anyway, all that being said and done, if I had done that, I felt so much healthier four or five years later after doing that. So I, I might have tried. The rehab was supposed to be six months, six to seven weeks later after surgery. Seven weeks after surgery, I played in a flag football game out at Super Bowl. <laughs> Jeez, that's a quick recovery. Actually, that's a, that's a little quicker that's, than I was expecting. That's, that's, yeah, I, I, I got a nasty phone call from my doctor when he saw some video of that. <laughs> that's funny. All right, second last question. Are you surprised by what the 49ers have done in the postseason? I'm very surprised uh, because they're not, you know, they're doing it with defense. Their pass rush, that, I was surprised about the pass rush. The pass, and I, I said this when we were talking with Icky, pass rush is what determines how an offense moves the ball. If you've got to deal with pass rush and keep extra guys in, it, it screws up your pass game. If you can get to the pressure on the quarterback with a four-man rush, the ball can't be out, routes can't get developed, and the quarterbacks hold the ball. DBs don't have to cover as long. And it just really um, puts the pressure. And you saw what happened with Tom Brady this past weekend, the first, especially for three quarters of the game. You've got to find a, a different way to get it done. And so that, that's where they're getting it done. The special teams plays were absolutely amazing and timely. And that stuff doesn't happen too often in the NFL anymore. You know, the special teams big play that, that wins a game. And uh, just hats off to them. And, and the other part of that is they trade up to get Mac Jones. They give away the farm. Mac Jones, ownership gets involved, decides, no, it's Trey Lance. And it's Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback all year, right? What I, I just, that, and Jimmy, I, God bless, I, I think he's a good, solid quarterback. He's a good NFL. He's not the elite elite, but he's doing whatever it takes to win. And I, I love Jimmy. I, I do. And I love that about a guy. You know, I was always the underdog guy. I always hated the, the anointed starter thing and the first round draft choice and all the money thrown at this guy. And he's our franchise. And we're bringing him in. Meanwhile, you know, he hasn't done anything yet. And here's a veteran guy that has a knack for getting it done. So I always root for those guys. And the last question for today is a question that we uh, didn't have enough time to get to last week, but I think it's probably still worth mentioning here. Are you buying or selling the Patriots after this past season? I love. I think Mac Jones is a heck of a quarterback, and I think they will get it done. I I'll, I'll buy him. I'll buy him because I I still don't think they're they're definitely a playoff team with Mac at quarterback. If they can get themselves a dynamic wide receiver, like I, you know, just the the one guy that can dictate a game, the one guy that can dictate coverage, then you're explosive. I thought they had to manufacture ways to get the ball down the field this year. And it was a little too methodical. So you're not being explosive enough on offense. So uh, I love Mac as a quarterback and, and their creativity and their play calling and everything else. And they found ways to make big plays. It's a lot easier when you have a true big play guy just doing it easily. Questions for Doug, hit him up on IG or Twitter at Doug Flutie. Well, thanks again for your Twitter questions and keep those coming. It, it does spark some of the memories and some of the stories, but also I love talking about what you want to hear. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Hickey Woods. Uh, so much fun, upbeat guy, just a, the ruler of the jungle last week. With the, he, it's great that he's still connected with that organization and a part of it. And I wish the Bengals all the best. And uh, remember, you can get the Flutie Flakes podcast on Apple, Pandora, and Stitcher, or 
wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to rate and review and keep an eye on the playoff games this weekend. And we will talk to you next week. The Flutie Flakes cast is a part of the SiriusXM podcast network. The executive producer is Tom Crest. The associate producers are Chris Tyler and Cliff Augustin. Special thanks to SiriusXM senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen. Thanks again for listening to the Flutie Flakes cast and join us again next week. SiriusXM podcasts.